Hey there, and welcome to episode 64 of What The F Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morgan, and today I'm so excited to have my new friend and fellow podcaster, Erica Mandy, of the Newsworthy Podcast on the show. Erica and I met a few months ago at a podcast convention called Podcast Movement in Orlando, Florida. Erica is an award-winning broadcast journalist and former TV news reporter at CBS in Los Angeles. She's now building a new kind of media network with her daily news podcast, The Newsworthy. It provides all the day's news in less than 10 minutes in a convenient, unbiased, and less depressing way in what she calls fast, fair, and fun. And in just two short years, her podcast has millions of downloads. Super impressive. Recently, I was talking with Erica on the phone about her business and when things turned around for her. Without skipping a beat, she said that it was when she stopped wasting energy on self-doubt. I'm going to repeat that again. It was when she stopped wasting energy on self-doubt. How powerful is that? Right there and then, I knew that had to be the topic of today's episode. I know so many of us struggle with self-doubt or imposter syndrome, and I'm included in that. Erica's answer made me ask myself, how much time and energy do I waste on my own self-doubt? The answer is way too much time, you guys. In fact, when I took an inventory of my own self-doubt chatter, I realized most of my days were spent in thoughts of self-doubt in one form or another, whether that was a simple passing thought, words I vocalized, or just those feelings of, will I ever take off or when will I be successful? In today's episode, though, Erica is going to share with us how to stop doubting ourselves and how we can take action steps to move forward in the right direction. If you're ready to make that change, you know you're capable of. If you're ready to reach your full potential, then today's episode is for you. Erica gives us simple steps to make the shift to release our own self-doubt and take action to move forward now. Get ready to feel inspired by my friend, Erica Mandy. You're listening to What The F Podcast, where we believe in showing up for yourself and your dreams, even if you don't know what the F you're doing yet. Fake it till you make it is our style. Fashion designer and entrepreneur Taylor Morgan knows what it feels like to say, screw it, I'm doing this, despite the odds, which is exactly what she said when she started her fashion-forward activewear company, Cove, and this podcast. The truth is, we're all just figuring it out as we go, and that's absolutely fine. The important thing is showing up for yourself. Here, you'll get the pep talk you need to keep going. Learn how to truly believe in yourself and be inspired by other entrepreneurs and their amazing stories. If you're ready to stop wishing and start doing, this is your show. Consider your host, Taylor, your new BFF and your biggest fan. Now, here's your host, fashion designer, fresh flower addict, and dog lover, Taylor Morgan. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the show. I am so excited and honored to have you on today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. So I gave an intro to you a little bit before the show, but in your own words, can you tell us who Erica Mandy is and how you went from broadcast journalist to creating your own news podcast with millions of downloads, by the way, no big deal, called The Newsworthy? Sure. So I studied journalism in college. And right after that, I landed a part-time reporter job in a small town in Missouri. That's the way TV news works these days. You kind of start in a small town and work your way up. So I made $10 an hour as a part-time reporter and just 
continued to grind and worked my way up um, within that industry. So I got promoted in the small town. Then I went to a mid-sized city. And then I eventually landed a job in Los Angeles, which is the second largest news market in the country. So that was kind of the dream job. But a few years into that... I looked around and saw the TV news industry changing, and I heard from a lot of people that they were tuning out news altogether, that they found it was too depressing, too overwhelming, too time-consuming, too biased. And I started researching and thinking about how could I help people stay informed? And that is when I came up with the idea for The Newsworthy, which is my podcast and and the main part of my business. Um, And I ultimately decided that I wanted to try this. I wanted to try putting out the newsworthy and seeing if I could make it a sustainable business. Let me give it one year. And if people resonate with it, if they like it, then I will go, I will continue. But in order to do that, because I had a pretty demanding job uh, within the news industry already, I had to quit that six-figure salary job, um, which was not easy after working my way up, you know, 10 years to get to that point. But I just realized that it isn't what I wanted to continue to do for my future and that I was willing to take a risk. It was a good time in my life to take a risk. I'd set myself up to be able to not make money for a year and see if this could work and then trust myself that if it doesn't work, I'll find another job. I'll get back into TV news, whatever it would take to you know continue to make money after that point. I was so impressed by you, Erica, when I heard you speak on a panel at Podcast Movement a few months ago, and you kind of shared a little bit of this story that you're sharing with us here. And I love that you saw that traditional broadcast news needed to change. I love that you have taken your passion of journalism. And instead of just like walking away from it altogether when it wasn't working for you, you were inspired to create a new path and career for yourself, which is so inspiring to anyone hearing your story, like even outside of your industry. You're living proof that your so-called industry doesn't have to look just one way anymore. Can you speak to this transition in your career and how you didn't walk away from the career path altogether? Um, You just kind of tweaked it when it wasn't working for you. You got creative and created this new job for yourself within your industry. Thank you. Yes, there was something brewing in my mind that I I wasn't sure if I wanted to do TV news as I was doing it um, within those last, you know, couple of years. But there was nothing else that really spoke to me. And I even dabbled a little bit on the side with some freelance writing and some, you know, lunches with people in in other areas and other industries that I was maybe, would I want to do this? Would I want to do that? And so I, I researched and explored a little bit of other things, but nothing was good enough in my mind. Nothing was what I wanted to do um, to actually walk away from this career that I had built until I came up with the idea for The Newsworthy. And I think that was a sign for me. And it wasn't like I just up and quit or had this you know, one moment where I was like, I knew exactly what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. It was having some of that experience in my past of dabbling in other things and not having a good feeling about it and choosing not to leave. And then having a different feeling as I started to research this other idea, as I, you know, taking an online business class and doing running a survey about my idea for the newsworthy and researching a ton about the podcast industry. All of those things just got me more excited about doing this um, and then planning how, what would that look like when I quit? How long would I be able to like, 
still have money if I didn't make money right away, all of those things. So there was a lot that went into it before I just quit. But it was really ultimately the feeling I got during that research, being willing to do all the hard work and know that things might not be amazing right off the bat and still wanting to do it compared to how I had felt in the past looking at other things that I was like, "Eh, I don't think I want to do that or I'm not willing to work hard at it. Um, or this is just a hobby and I don't want it to, to be a career. And so really recognizing the, that difference helped me a lot, I think. And I got so excited about the newsworthy that I no longer wanted to go to my regular job. And that was a big sign for me. Okay. So I have a few questions with this. Um, you're going to laugh at me at my first question because <laughs> I don't know if you watched recently on Apple's new um, TV show, The Morning Show. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet because we haven't gotten the subscription, but I am very interested. So I, I'm i intrigued. Okay. I'm really curious to know what you think once you watch it. You'll have to tell okay. me. <laughs> but essentially, they they do talk about, you know, a little bit how, you know, just the whole, your whole industry, the traditional broadcasting industry could disappear or not like in maybe not disappear is not the right word, but like totally just change from what's been traditional, right? And... I remember just like watching it. I seriously just like kept thinking about you. I'm like, yes, Erica Mandy knows what's up because she's already doing this. You know what I mean? Like, well, and here's the thing. Those, those corporations, it takes a lot for them to change because yeah. there's so much red tape. There's a lot of money at stake. And while trends are happening, they're still making more money, you know, with the current way of doing things. But what's exciting is looking at the trends and being able to be innovative because I'm small, because I'm independent. So now I can take risks and know that I'm not risking, you know, millions and millions of dollars. And so I got so excited about the opportunity to get ahead of things that I knew these corporations would eventually get to, but it takes them so much longer. I mean, I even think about how long it took them to start thinking about social media and myself included in that because no one was telling me to do it because we just didn't care as much. And now it's like, oh, we need to get on social media and we're behind the eight ball. So um, so yeah, I definitely think being small has its advantages because we can take more risks and we can innovate ahead of the trend and like stay with the trends while some of these bigger companies can't do it as easily. Yeah, that's a really big advantage that you point out. So I want to know though, like when you were there, because I kind of want to pick your brain on it more because I know that my listener here they they can relate to that moment when you're in the job, whatever the industry is, where you feel like something's off and you pointed that out. Was there like this one moment for you or what was it that like, because I'm sure you dreamt about this big moment getting to LA like you did for years, I'm sure. And then once you were there and doing it and it didn't pan out maybe the way you thought it was going to be or you didn't feel the same way you thought you would feel like, what was that turning point for you? I mean, I do think it brews in your mind and there's not necessarily this one moment where you know what you're going to do or that you don't want to do this anymore. But I think what eventually got me to feel good about this, no matter what anybody else said, was thinking about five years from now and thinking about if I got everything I wanted within this job. So I was promoted to the best schedule, I was promoted to the best position within this job and this career path, is that, would that make me happy? Is that something I would be excited about? And it no longer was. The answer started to be no. Like, even if I got these great things, I still wouldn't want to do that anymore. And so that was a huge moment for me to say, 
well, then there's nothing for me to strive for here anymore. If I knew I could go to my boss and say, I want, this is my goal. How can I get there? Let's talk about, you know, ways I can improve, whatever. And then that would make me happy. Then awesome. Let's, let's have that as the goal. But it, that no longer was an option. I love that question. If, if I got the dream situation five years from now, would I still want it? I think that's a really good checkpoint for everyone to ask themselves when they're in that current job. I think that's really great because I know I could relate to that too. When I was working in corporate design, I asked myself a similar question. I was like, nope, this isn't it, you know? So, right. And that changes over time. It might have been yes three years ago, but no, Mm -hmm. it's no longer that because the industry changes, our lives change, our priorities change. Absolutely. So what kind of got you down to like the podcast idea? Like how did that idea come up? I know you had mentioned you were dabbling and doing some freelance and other things, but like what really sparked that for you? And because sometimes I think when we get inspiration, it's a really small, quiet voice that kind of like speaks to us, don't you think? Yes, I think it started because I had over an hour commute to work every day. I live in LA. There was traffic. I lived in a beach city and I had to go up to the valley. Um, and so I was like sick of listening to the same song over and over again for an hour on the radio. And I wanted to be more productive with that time. And so I was like, what's this purple app on my phone that is on my iPhone? And it was Apple Podcasts app. And I started to explore. And the more I listened to podcasts, the more I got into it. And I started listening to business podcasts. And I suddenly felt this energy listening to these business podcasts about this idea of having a business and you know understanding more about the industry and the numbers and all of that and not just doing the, the content and the journalism side. And especially because of what was happening, what's happening in the industry. And so that kind of sparked it. And then I just the more I heard from people how they were feeling about news in today's world, where it felt overwhelming that friends that are otherwise really smart people didn't really know what was going on in the news because they felt it was too depressing or time consuming. And so it was this um, passion that I started getting for business, what I started seeing in the podcast industry, because there was there started to be even more talk about podcasting. And as I researched it, it's like, oh, this is, you know, radio is declining and podcasts is increasing. Even though podcast still is much smaller than radio, I wanted to be on the on the go along with the trend that was moving in the right direction. And so it was this combination of the business excitement, the podcast excitement, and then actually seeing a gap in the market where there were people who wanted a different type of news and then realizing that I wanted something like this that didn't exist. So sometimes I was rushing around in the morning and I wanted to listen to a podcast where I can multitask and do my makeup at the same time as I'm listening. And really the only option at the time, and even still today, I think it's very NPR or NPR style, um, where it's a little bit serious and monotone. And while it could be really good information, it's not necessarily what I wanted first thing in the morning. And I didn't want to have to read all these email newsletters and sit there and stare at my screen or phone. I I needed to get moving. It was the morning rush. And so there was nothing that gave me the news I needed to know quickly and in like a friendly, fun voice. And so I saw an opportunity because it didn't exist. And so all of those things together (laughs) <laughs> in the in the long way of saying things is what led me to to get excited about it. And I'm so excited that you did it because I've told you this on the phone, Erica, but your podcast, The Newsworthy, has turned me on to news again because news 
has become so depressing. And okay, I will tell you a backstory. I've never told really anybody this, but I was such a weird kid because growing up, I remember I used to get up at 6 a.m. to watch the Today Show because I loved the Today Show. And I was like in third grade. Like what third grader does this? That's so great. I love it. Yeah, I would get up at 6 a.m. And like from 6 to 7, it was like my hour to watch the Today Show before like my mom or my brother or anyone was up. Like this is what I did. And so like I've always have enjoyed the news, but I feel like throughout the years, it's just gotten more and more depressing. And so I'm very protective of like, especially in, my, in the mornings and people who listen to the podcast know like I'm very protective of like my morning routine and you know, only taking in good information. Like I don't even look at my cell phone for the first two hours because I really want to meditate and like, you know, prime my mind for the day and look at my goals and like really just set the tone essentially for like a positive day. And so I've always avoided the news because it's just such a downer typically. But since, you know, meeting you at Podcast Movement and listening to your show, I find myself listening to your show every weekday that it's on. It comes on at like 4am. I'm not up at 4am, but I listen to it in the morning. And I love it because now I feel like instead of just avoiding it altogether, I can actually be informed and it's fun. It's it's not biased. It's just very informal. And like you said, you're friendly and I, I feel good. Like I don't feel depressed listening to it, but I also feel informed and it makes me feel more like an adult. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for saying that. That really means a lot. That is my ultimate goal. It's why I started it. I wanted to help people stay informed. And so that means a lot. Thank you. And I, and I think too, just having somebody from our generation that feels in the know also is very appealing too, you know, so that I also love about it. Right. You want to hear from someone that is like you. Okay. Tell us about the newsworthy. I know we've, we've dabbled on it a little bit, but it's on like Monday through Friday, right? Can you give us a little lowdown on it? Sure. So it comes out every Monday through Friday morning and it's all the day's news in less than 10 minutes. So I call it fast, fair, fun. It's fast. It's less than 10 minutes. It's fair and unbiased. That's really important to pull from a lot of different news sources. So you're getting all different perspectives. You're not getting just one reporter's bias. We're pulling from a lot of different people and, and sources. And then it's fun. So I try to bring not only a friendly voice to the show, but also a variety of news stories. So we're not just talking about politics. Yes, you'll get a few of the biggest news stories of the day that are, tend to be political, but we'll also talk about really interesting tech and entertainment and science news. Um, that could be Amazon changing their delivery system or an award show that's happening tonight so that you feel very well-rounded and can have great conversation. So since you're doing this every day, what does your recording schedule look like? Because I'm curious as a podcaster, because that's a lot to keep up with. Yes. So I used to do it all on my own, where basically I would do all the business side in the first half of the day. And then after 4 p.m., turn to looking at the content and working on the show for the next day. Thankfully, now I have help and I've hired two part-time news writers who are also uh, past journalists, TV news reporters, who really start the show for me. So I can focus some on the business side and they start looking at the show in the afternoon for the next day. And I record at about 11 p.m. Pacific time each night for the next day because that's already overnight East Coast time. And we publish at four in the morning Eastern time so that by the time people in New York, for example, are waking up, um, it's ready to go for them. So I record basically overnight. That is a busy schedule. Like you're basically working all day, Monday through Friday. 
It is a lot, but I try to give myself some time in the mornings and then like take little breaks throughout the day. And it does feel so much better now that I have some help and it doesn't feel like everything is on my shoulders. That's very helpful. That's so exciting. And I'm so like happy to see like how many people are loving it and that it's growing. And for those listening, you definitely need to subscribe because it is the best way to get your news. And it's always 10 minutes or less, right? It is for the news part. So sometimes we have additional um, little stories that are kind of themed. So on Thursdays, for example, we do a little extra five to seven minute interview about a different news topic every week. And so if you want to stick around after the 10 minutes for an extra seven minutes on Thursdays, you learn a little bit more about something. That's perfect. I love it. So how might you encourage the listener out there right now listening who might not be totally fulfilled in their current job, but they love their craft? Like what advice would you give them for getting creative to find another way to maybe do the thing that they went to school for or what their craft is? Yes. So I would think about, is there something in your current job that would make you happier that you just need to ask for? Because I think sometimes we assume that our boss can read our mind and knows that this is what we want and that if they think we were ready, they would give it to us. But that's not necessarily the case. And so I'll give an example of when I was working as a TV news reporter in Portland, Oregon, and I was a field reporter. So I was out in the field reporting live and I wanted to go back to some, at least some anchoring. So that was, you know, behind the desk in the studio. I missed some of, I missed doing that a little bit. But so I I made an appointment with my boss and I told her that I was very interested in at least filling in as an anchor occasionally to make sure that I'm keeping those skills top of mind. And I just really enjoyed doing it. And she told me, you know, I appreciate you coming to talk to me, but I don't really see it. I don't think that it's the right fit. So I can't make any promises. And I said, okay. But then I thought, I know that I can do it well, but she just can't see it. So how can I show it to her? And so one day I decided to stay late and ask some of the people in the control room who control, you know, the teleprompter and the recording devices and the graphics and the video. And I said, hey, would you guys have 10 minutes after the regular show to let me record 10 minutes of the show just for my own use and practice? And thankfully, they all agreed. And we did 10 minutes. I put it on an unlisted YouTube channel that nobody could find. And I sent my boss an email and I said, I just wanted to show you what it could look like because I know you said that you couldn't see it. And even if you don't think it's the right fit anymore, I would love your feedback so that I can continue to improve. And two weeks later, I was on the schedule as a fill-in anchor. And so I think that just goes to show that if we are willing to take initiative and willing to go the extra mile to, to ask for what we want, that it's possible we might get it. And if you don't get it, then maybe it's like, okay, is there another company who might give it to me or if I change jobs? And if not, is there something I can do on the side to fuel this fire that I'm feeling inside of me? So that might be the research of what else you could do within the industry or some extra freelance writing, for example, or you know, just starting kind of a side thing to see if it really is what you think it would be. And then it can grow from there. And I love that you didn't take no for an answer, but like you weren't, you know, rude about it or anything. I just love that whole approach is, you know, my mom's always told me like, don't take no for an answer because just that's just one person's opinion. And you could have let her opinion dictate you just never doing that. Right. And I love that you took a very like constructive approach to it. And then you got the job. Like I, that's such an awesome story. 
Thank you. And it was also listening to what she said. She said the words, I can't, I, I don't know. I don't think I can see it because she had never seen it. So how does she know if I'm any good? So that I took that and said, okay, how can I show it to her? And so I would say, listen to the feedback, you know, not by, not from everybody, but if there is something you can do to take, an, to not only not take no for an answer, but to do something extra that will help get them to a yes. Yeah. I love that. That's really good advice. And then just like thinking creatively, like, you know, maybe like you you mentioned, like even doing like freelance work or something, and maybe it's not in the traditional corporate setting or, you know what I mean? Like just thinking outside the box. I think that's really good. Yeah. Um, So the other day when we were on the phone, we were talking about entrepreneurship and I was asking you when your business started to turn around and you mentioned it was when you stopped wasting energy on self-doubt. And that stood out to me so much. And I've honestly, Eric, I've been thinking about it ever since. And it's been so inspiring because it's such a good lesson for all of us to take away from you. I know myself and a lot of people listening can relate to those feelings of like doubting ourselves when you want to do something new and different. And we do waste so much time and energy on self-doubt. So can you speak to the time, excuse me, when you were wasting your energy on on self-doubt and what did that look like for you and your business? I felt a lot of self-doubt within the first year of my business. And even though I logically knew going into it that it would take time to build an audience and take time to make the money that I wanted to make, it still there were still a lot of moments when my audience would plateau or somebody would tell me no or I you know I would pitch something and it didn't work that I would just ask myself, will this ever work? And just feel so defeated and was kind of just waiting for that next external validation of a feature or somebody saying yes to me that would make me feel like this was possible. But And I would get so worked up about if it would ever be what I wanted it to be. I mean, I would be in tears about this. And what I came to realize is that while I was wondering if it will ever be what I want it to be, I wasn't taking the steps to actually reach the goal that I wanted to reach. Because when I took a step back and looked at what actually did move the needle in my business, it was specific action that I took. Reaching out to someone for a collaboration and cross-promotion or pitching my show to certain number of reporters or certain number of podcast apps to get a feature, you know, whatever it was. When I took those steps, even if not everyone worked out, eventually one worked and that's what would move the needle. I realized that while I was wondering if it will work ever and if all this energy will be worthwhile, I wasn't actually doing the things that would move the needle. And so it actually was the help of a therapist because I saw, I realized that an investment in my business would be some sort of coach or therapist that could help me get my mind right. And she said, wow, it sounds like you're wasting a lot of energy wondering what if. And I was like, oh, you're right. And that made such a big difference in my business once and my energy and my mindset when I could just stop wondering and questioning everything and focus on actually taking action. And the way that I would then measure it is to, to keep track of all my numbers and then set a milestone or a, a timeline and say, at this certain deadline, I'm going to then take a look to see if if things are moving in the right direction. And I'm not going to question it until I reach that one particular mark. And I'll say at times that mark seems really far away. And you're like, oh, man, can I not question it for six more months? But when you reach that and you realize that all the action and all the energy that you were spending on the right things paid off, it's definitely worth it. And it just feels so much better that you're not dragged down by this negative questioning. In business, there are the big picture people 
and the people that bring those dreams into reality. But if you're a freelancer or run your own business, you have to be both. If you need help with the day-to-day, HoneyBook has the tools you need to get everything done. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They have easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices. It's perfect for freelancers, entrepreneurs, or small business owners that want to consolidate services they already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp all in one place. I'm starting to do fashion design and interior design consulting jobs, and as I begin my journey in freelance, I feel so much better knowing I have HoneyBook to help me stay organized and on top of it all. It makes freelance work feel less messy and more professional. Do yourself a favor and simplify your to-do list and stay in control with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering you, my listener, 50% off when you visit honeybook.com slash what the F. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com slash what the F for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com slash what the F W-H-A-T-T-H-E EFF for 50% off your first year. When you're running a business, there are so many places you want to share your brand. We want to post to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Running the social media side of your company is a full-time job in itself. And if you're a solopreneur like me, keeping up with posting to social media every day can feel daunting and completely overwhelming. Thankfully though, I just discovered Meet Egger, which is an easy to use social media automation platform. You can sync your Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram with Meet Egger to more easily connect with your audience in one simple spot. For example, if you have a blog or podcast like me, you can use Egger's unique suggested variations to turn a single blog post or your podcast show notes into five unique social posts with a single click. You heard me right. One single click on Meet Egger turns one blog post or podcast show notes into five social media posts. It's never been easier to five times your social media output and connect with more people. If you have a blog, podcast, or even a YouTube channel RSS feed, you can hook that up to Meet Egger to automatically pull your latest content and add it to your social media sharing queue. When you sign up for Meet Egger, you'll get an onboard coach to help you set up your account and answer any of your questions. It's so easy, you guys, and it's something I am so excited to get started with now in my own brand. It's going to make my job so much easier and help me be more consistent posting to social media. For being a What The F listener, Meet Egger is giving you a free 60-day trial. All you need to do is head on over to meetegger.com slash Taylor and use the code Taylor to get an extended 60-day free trial. Again, that's meetegger.com slash Taylor, M-E-E-T-E-D-G-A-R.com slash Taylor and use code Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R to get an extended 60-day free trial. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell stuff online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders or decide which shipping carrier to use, or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. 
I use ShipStation for my activewear company, Cove, and it has made shipping Cove so much easier. I once used to dread shipping, but with ShipStation, it is so easy and I no longer dread it. No matter where you're selling, whether that's on Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. How amazing is that? Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Taylor. That's ShipStation.com, S-H-I-P-S-T-A-T-I-O-N.com, and enter offer code Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R. ShipStation, make ship happen. You said so many things that I love just now. And the first thing I want to point out is I love that you mentioned getting a therapist or like a coach or mentor to talk to because starting your own business is such a mind game, is it not? (laughs) I did not know that going in. There's very few people that talk about it. Um, It can be you go from having a ton of coworkers to being, you know, pretty alone. Um, Nobody cares as much about your business as you do because it's you're you're basically a solopreneur right at the beginning um mm-hmm. and so yes and, and then you and then there's a lot of people like waiting to see if the reason you quit your everybody's dream job is going to pay off and so you yeah. have to like figure out how not to care what other people think and know that it's the long game that you're not looking for an overnight success because that's not sustainable and so all of those things take way more of a toll on your mindset than I would have ever thought. But I'm so glad I went through it because I feel like I'm such a better person on the other end or on the other side. Yeah. I mean, and that's literally why I called this podcast and started this podcast, What the F? Because through starting my own fashion label, I just kept having these moments as an entrepreneur. I was like, what the F am I doing? Because like all those things you just mentioned and those transitions and and being like, okay, is this going to pan out? Because like, you know, I am in a different industry than you, but you know, left the same type of dream job and people are like, what is she doing? And you know what I'm saying? And you feel that pressure. And yeah, it's just, I think the best way for me to to sum it up, it's like, what the F? Like, what the F am I doing? I love it. Yes. But um, okay. So I want to know though, because going back to this like moment of self-doubt and like having that realization with your therapist of like to stop wasting that energy on self-doubt and move into action. Like, what was it exactly that helped you stop doubting yourself? Was it just taking action? Like, what were some things that helped you turn it around? Well, I think that first realization that it was a waste of energy was a big deal because I had never thought of it in that way. And when I took it away from how it will affect me and thought about how it could affect my business, which I care so passionately about, that was the turning point. Like, this isn't just about how I feel. This is about actual impact on my business that when I waste energy, it impacts my business. And so that was a big deal for me. Um, and I think also setting that deadline, that that time frame in my mind. So it's not that I will never question it. It's just I'm not going to question it right now. I'm going to question it when I reach that one point. And that can't be, you know, two weeks from now. <laughs> it needs to be like a year from now or something like that. Um, so that and not that you have to reach your goal by that time, but that you can take 
a logical look back and say, is this moving in the right direction? And do I feel like I want to continue at this point? So that you have one moment in time that you are going to look at it and question it. And beyond that, you're like, I would find myself wondering what if and literally tell myself, I'm not questioning it until the second year mark or whatever uh, of my business. And so that would just force me to catch myself and switch gears. So let's talk about the timeline thing, because this is something I know I have struggled with a lot. Like I have always been a perfectionist and like super type A and like super hard on myself. Like I always like how to get good grades and do everything right. So then how that translates for me personally being an entrepreneur, it's like, I think I can like build the world overnight. And so then like I'll set these really aggressive like timelines and goals for myself that are so unrealistic, especially as a solopreneur. And then like, I'll be like, okay, you know, like in three months or whatever, I'm going to hit this crazy goal. Like I'm going to go to zero to a hundred like overnight. And then I don't hit it because it's unrealistic for one person. And I feel like crap. So it's like, what is your advice with that? Because I, I, I think here, like you, it sounds like you're suggesting like a checkpoint more than like, this is a hard deadline. And if you haven't reached it, you should just quit. Right. Am I understanding that right? Yes. First of all, I would also say the more that you actually are in your business, you'll understand what a more realistic goal looks like. I <laughs> recently came across a journal and I don't remember exactly what it said, but I like cracked up, you know, over two years into my business before I even really had launched. And I wrote some crazy goal in a journal. And it's just so funny that, you know, it's because you want to write this like, oh, I can manifest this or something. But it's like, it doesn't, it's, it's yes, you can have these big goals and you can do the impossible, but it takes time. Right. And we can't expect it to happen overnight. And so I think now that I'm two years into my business, I know what a conservative growth rate looks like month over month. I know what a really great growth rate with my marketing capabilities, you know. So if I brought on a partner that had all these other marketing capabilities, then my goals would change. But being in the place that I am now, I know with my marketing capabilities and when I'm like full force, you know, I had a great month. This is what the growth rate looks like. So. When it comes to goal setting, I would say just keep doing it, taking all the action you can take, and then looking back and saying, okay, when I had a really great productive month, what was that growth rate? And then I'm going to try to project my future growth based on that or something a little bit higher that's also a little bit more realistic. So that is what I'll say about goal setting, because I do think that is valuable. And especially as you get to know the numbers in your business, you can start making spreadsheets about what you know, realistic goals and projections might look like. But when it comes to just setting that checkpoint of, should I continue this at all? Um, when I first went into the business, I gave myself one year to start making money. It wasn't even like I have to make a certain amount. It was more like, I just need to know that I can make a dollar from this thing. <laughs> um, and And that I was seeing growth. Because I remember hearing in some other podcast that growth is the biggest sign of progress. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this massive growth, but it needed to be that as people discover the show, they were sticking with it and then they enjoyed it and they were resonating with it. And so seeing the show grow over time in that first year and hearing from listeners who were really resonating with it and telling me they feel less anxiety about news because of the show, that they love it. Those were all signs that something was working and that if I give it more time and energy and effort, that it could eventually be what I wanted it to be. And 
within that one year mark, I did start bringing on sponsors. And so I, I started to see that there was momentum. And maybe I wasn't where I wanted to be, but there was momentum. And that told me to keep going and not to quit. Um, and then, you know, for the next year, I wanted to have, I'll, I'll reevaluate to make sure that I'm continuing to grow and that I'm continuing to take the right action. Um, so I think it looks different as your business continues, but setting that I'm not going to re I'm not going to question it no matter what happens until this time and give myself a realistic amount of time was really helpful. I love that because it really does give you permission to just stop that. Like, like, like you said, you stopped wasting energy on self doubt and just go and do the actions. Exactly. Because when you're self, when you're in the self doubt, you're not looking at the list of things that could move the needle forward. You're just wasting time and energy. Well, I know for me, like when you're in the self doubt, like for me personally, I'm just doing the bare bones of what I have to do to get my show out to do, you know what I mean? And I'm not thinking about, okay, what actions can I take to really push the the business forward, right? Yeah, you lose the excitement and the motivation of why you started. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like ever you literally told me that only two days ago and I swear you changed my life. So thank you. Yeah, it does make a big difference. And and you'll start to get in the habit. Like I used to catch myself all the time questioning everything. And once I every time I would catch myself and and change that mindset in the moment, even if, you know, I had to do it a lot, now I I don't catch myself nearly as much because I'm just not like I've trained my brain not to think in that way. Yeah. I feel like we should start a retreat every six months for entrepreneurs to like all go on a vacation together and have our checkpoints. And be yeah, like, How are you that's doing? a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> because it's lonely, like you were saying earlier. But um, I do love this. I love the permission to just be like, put the self doubt aside and just get to work and just, you know, be so busy in what you're doing that you don't even have time for the self doubt, you know? Yes, definitely. So I love that. So, okay, what are your tips? Do you have any specific tips for those listening on how to overcome the self-doubt and go for their dreams? So first, it's recognizing it. Um, second, trying to catch yourself in the moment and and really, really move away from it. Tell yourself that you are capable and that you are excited about about moving forward. Be kind to yourself when when you know you have mistakes because everybody does. There's going to be ups and downs for everybody. It's impossible to have constant growth, constant moving forward. It's it's impossible. And so we're all going to have the good and the bad. But if overall, at the end of the year, you can look back and see a decent amount of momentum, then you're moving in the right direction. Um, and then I would also say, instead of wasting time on that energy, get out a spreadsheet and brainstorm some ways that you can move your business forward to, to today. Or maybe some ways some things that you could talk to your boss about um, that would make you happier in your current role. Whatever it is, get out a spreadsheet and just make a list. And then you can choose a few things out of that spreadsheet or out of that list and put those in another spreadsheet and then track your your action on those. You know, sent an email today, reached out to this person. You know, what's the follow-up for that? So on this date, I want to follow up on this and have these three things that you can take, you can do right now instead of, you know, being focused on the self-doubt these are three action steps you can take right now to move you towards towards your goal. And the last thing I would say is set that milestone or that that checkpoint to, so that you know when you're questioning yourself that you can say, well, I'm, I'm not going to question myself until this date. And it's on the calendar. And then when you get there, you can take a logical look back and say, is, is this working? And if not, do I need to quit or can I just change something? Can I take different action um, to move toward my goal better? 
Um, One thing you said earlier that I really liked was, you know, talking about like making those goals and like, you know, should I continue on this? And I like that you said with like the podcast, for example, you were just like, okay, in a year, it just needs to be making a dollar. If it's making a dollar, then I know that something's working. Right. And I think that's like really encouraging because like we all can make a dollar. And I think sometimes we think, okay, well, if the business didn't make, you know, a million dollars in the first year, then shoot, I'm a failure. And I, I love like your approach to business because it's just like, you really do focus on the progress and measuring the little progress because when we focus and celebrate what is happening, you then attract more of that happening because your mindset is like, oh, look, like it's growing. Even if it's small, it is growing. And that's like a good checkpoint for me too as I'm growing my business because it's like, yeah, sometimes you be like, well, I don't have the million downloads yet, but you have this, this, and this, right? So I don't know, like what's your advice for people on focusing on the small progress? Yes, I think, you know, First of all, it is about recognizing the things that that you have accomplished um, and that you are capable of. So it is helpful to me to take a moment and say, you know, especially as we like as a new year begins, right, or um, a six month mark of the year hits. What have I done in the last six months? Like, well, I had these people on my podcast. I, you know, reached out to all these people. I mean, even once you make a list of your accomplishments and you force yourself to think about the positive, I bet you'd be surprised at how much has happened and how much good is coming from this. Um, because we just naturally want to focus on the negative. Our, our brains want to problem solve. And so even just taking the time to force yourself to think about the positive can go a long way. Um, and then also think about what you are capable of. Like if I can do this in six months, imagine what I can do in two more years. So yeah. I like that. So what is your advice to the listener who knows they want to make a change? They want to let go of their self-doubt and take the action we're talking about, but they don't know where to start taking action. Like, What would you say to someone who's maybe feeling a little stuck and discouraged right now? I would say to, I would go back to what what I've said before, which is to get out a spreadsheet and to make a brainstorm, a list of next steps that you could do. Whether that is talking to your boss or you know, sending a couple emails for a collaboration of some sort, just taking some action, you'd be surprised that even if one of those works out, it's going to move the needle forward, which is going to give you more motivation to try things like that. So just get out that spreadsheet, brainstorm some ideas, choose a few from them and start taking some action. So what would you say are just like, if we're going to break this down into just three simple steps or advice to go from the self-doubt to moving the needle forward in your business and believing in yourself, what would you, how would you sum that up for people? Number one, choose a six month to one year to maybe even two years from now date that you will not question what you're doing until that time. Number two, every time you start questioning it, tell yourself that you are not going to question that until that date that you've put on the calendar. And three, look at that spreadsheet you've created and take some sort of action forward to reach your goals. And what helps you, Erica, believe in yourself as you're going through this entrepreneur journey? I think, to, to be honest, I think about the listeners that I hear from, the people, you know, and, and even if you're just starting out and, and you're hearing from one person, you made a difference in that person's life. Um, that's a really big deal. And if you can do it for that one person, then you can do it for a lot more people who just need to learn about you. And so I 
a lot of times we'll look back at the reviews that get left on Apple Podcasts or emails or messages that I've received from the listeners because that ultimately is who I'm doing this for. And their encouragement and their reviews and things like that you said on this podcast about the show, that is completely what drives me. That seriously does make all the difference. Being a podcaster myself, I can vouch for that. <laughs> like That really is what keeps you going when those long days for sure. And the last thing I'll, I'll just add to that is think about what you've done in your past careers. You know, I mean, just because you're new at podcasting, for example, doesn't mean you don't have 10 years of experience as a TV news reporter. And a lot of those skills transfer, right? So whatever industry you're in, don't forget what you've already accomplished. Just because you're starting something new, you bring a lot of that experience and knowledge into the new thing. That's a really good advice because I think sometimes when we start a new venture, whatever the new venture is, we kind of play small because we're like, well, we're new. You know what I mean? But it doesn't have to be yeah, that like way. you said, you're you're not new. You're just transitioning into something different, but you still have that experience. So absolutely that's really that's really inspiring. Um, what are just like some daily habits you have that help you just stay happy and rejuvenated just as Erica, as a person? So that you can keep showing up at work. Like, what's just like a fun tip or advice for someone? Because, you know, self-care is important and it's really easy as an entrepreneur just to like be grinding and get caught up in it. But what's something you do to stay happy and rejuvenated? Yes. So I have picked up meditating and I don't do it necessarily every single day, but it does make a big difference when I do sit down to meditate literally five to 10 minutes. Like I don't even need a lot of time, but just to calm my mind makes such a difference. And I do highly recommend it. I tend to use the free app, Insight app, um, to find great and different types of guided meditations that works for me. So I really like that. Um, and also giving myself at least a day off with no guilt. So I think you could definitely take more than one day. But if nothing else, I take Saturdays off with no guilt and no work. And that really helps me because when I first started, I uh, really felt like I should be working all the time and never give myself a break. And then it just is a bad cycle because you don't feel motivated anymore because you're just burning out. So for me, it's knowing that, you know, usually Friday night through Sunday morning, I am not working and that's okay, unless there's like a crazy thing happening or something. But, um, and specifically on Saturdays, I start my day on the beach. I live near the beach, which is amazing. And I do beach yoga every Saturday morning. And it's a way to get, make sure that if, if during the week I didn't make it to the beach, at least that one time a week, I will get out to the beach, be outside do yoga, feel active. And I would say working out in general, I know it's kind of basic, <laughs> but especially working from home, I have to get out, take workout classes, move my body, you know, not sit in front of the computer screen for too many days in a row without, without uh, getting moving. So all of those things really make a difference. And making sure that I am being social at least a couple of times a week, again, because working from home, working on my own business can get lonely. And so just, just watching myself that I'm taking the steps each week. Um, and if I don't, to be nice to myself that, it, that it's okay, it didn't happen today. You are like speaking my love language with all that, especially the meditation part. I'm huge on meditating. Um, and I think the being social thing is super important. And that's something I keep noticing in my own life. I'm like, okay, I just like need to go out like with girlfriends after work or something. You know what I mean? Just to, like break it up. It makes a difference. 
Um, okay. Lastly, Erica, I love to ask my guests um, what I call like your what the F moment. Like it could be in your life or business. And basically it's just this moment where you kind of felt like, I don't know what the F I'm doing, but you turned it around and made it a positive. Can you share one with us today? It could be something old or one you're currently experiencing again, personal or business, whatever you want. Um, just to know like, what are your own moments? Cause it's really easy on social media. We look at everyone, we think, Oh my gosh, they have it all together. But I love sharing people's what the F moments just to kind of humanize us all. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've had many, right. But I would say one that stands out to me is when I got a phone call from potential basically investors, um, into my business and I was very intrigued by it, but they wanted to see very specific projections for my business. And I, while I kept certain metrics and I, you know, knew a lot of my numbers, I had never really built a spreadsheet that shows projections in my business. And I'm a journalist. So I know how to, I know the news. I know how to make my content really well. The business side sometimes makes me feel like, what the F? Do I know what I'm doing? And because I've just basically learned it all via Google. <laughs> and, um, so I definitely had that moment. But then I, I kind of went back to that, like, what next step can you take? And eventually just sat down and and you have to kind of tell yourself that you are capable, even though you're feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. And eventually looked at what I had and thought about how can I project, you know, a little bit of what I talked about earlier. I learned in that moment of not knowing what to do of like, okay, this is my normal monthly growth rate. So if I expand that out and then um, finding a spreadsheet template that works for me and plugging in my numbers and eventually having um, a, a projection of three years that not only was good to send to the investors that did ultimately invest in my business, but also for my own knowledge, like I got really excited when I was like, oh, wait, that's possible in three years. If I, if I even have like a conservative growth rate, it was really cool to see. Um, but I had to get over that hump of, I don't know what I'm doing with all these numbers and in business to be able to create that and take the next step to figuring out how to do it. I love that. That's like such good advice just to do it and show up and just stop telling ourselves a story that this isn't my thing, right? And just owning it. That's so exciting. And I think the same thing I get what the what the F moment still be, when I had to hire <laughs> because I had never really been hiring manager. I never really managed people. And so I'm still learning every day and I make mistakes and I try to check in with the people that work with me um, to see, you know, what's working and what's not and provide feedback, give myself feedback. But that often feels like a what the F moment because I'm, I'm learning as I go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I know I feel so inspired and motivated by you to stop doubting myself and to start measuring my progress so that it can continue to grow. Like you truly are such an inspiration to us all. And thank you for making news that just keeps us informed. And it's so positive and just happy. So seriously, thank you for that. Thank you so much. This was fun. Um, and real quick, Erica, let everyone know where they can find you online, like on social media and all of the good things. Sure. So you can really find everything at thenewsworthy.com. It's my website. It has links to the show and to my social media, but I'm at Erica Mandy News on Instagram as well. Perfect. And we'll link to all of that in the show notes so you guys can easily connect with Erica and be sure to listen to The Newsworthy. It's an amazing way to start your day. Thank you so much, Erica. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What The F Podcast. We would love to hear from you. 
please take a second to leave a review in iTunes and let us know how you like the show. For more episodes, be sure to subscribe. For show notes for today's episode, visit our website at whatthefpodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming show, reach out to us on Instagram at whatthefpodcast. Thanks for listening, and until next time, dwell in possibility, friends. And remember, anything is possible.